We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Back talking everything week 14. We'll take a look back at week 13, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, and we welcome back our other OGs. So let's go right to them, shop. We missed it last week, buddy. Welcome back. How was week 13 and how we doing? Week 13 for me on DFS was pretty good. Uh, I can't complain about it. And, uh, Doing all right, man. You know, I'm I'm glad to be back. I mean, you can't. It's tough to miss these NFL weeks because they they fly by so quick, man. That you miss one and feels like you miss a, a lot. So I'm I'm glad to be back on the podcast this week. Well, I, I'd be doing our listeners a disservice, and I don't want to bury the lead here, but uh, I got hundreds of DMs asking about Chop's fantasy team. The playoffs are starting, oh, so I I, I got to ask the question, Chop. Normally we save it for the end, but. Uh, did we make the playoffs? Uh, what, what, what are we looking like if we did? And how's the matchup looking? Well, I'll say I'm on a roll. And uh, our playoffs in this league are week 15 and 16. Okay. So we got one last regular. But barring like me not entering a lineup this week, I'm going to make the playoffs. So I'm just trying to, you know, I'm one of these guys, man. Around week seven or eight, I'll start looking ahead and saying, all right, when I make the playoffs, these are the guys I want on my roster. And I'll try to maneuver around like that so it's what I'm trying to do man I'm trying to figure out exactly who I want to be starting in those two weeks and so uh that's that's kind of where I'm at and, and that's my headspace over there all right we'll check back next week I, I forgot you're a little eight teamer so you only got those two weeks of playoffs but uh it's definitely the way you want to do it DFS is week by week but uh season long you know you look ahead and try to try to stash some guys stash some defenses so a chop as usual ahead of the game. No, no, I didn't forget about you, buddy. How was week 13? And uh, welcome in to the week 14 pod. Yeah, it's funny. The first question I was going to ask chop was how his uh, season long team was doing. So I uh, think it's just like you, beer. Know, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as week 13, uh, pretty good. Um, it was actually thanks to that uh, random Steelers Ravens showdown game last Wednesday. I, I suppose I was technically week uh, 12, but um Really profitable week, so it uh, sounds like it was pretty good all around for all of us. Yeah, had a decent week myself. Uh, Monday night football was good to me. Uh, we still, as we record, we still have Tuesday night football, so it's kind of nice having football on all the time. It, it gives me an excuse to to sit around and watch football, and 
get out of some of the chores of the Christmas lights, things like that, that, that need to be done. But uh, nonetheless, we move on to week 14, even with that game uh, still in tow. So 13 games ago, nice, nice split here of the games. I think it's seven and six. So we'll have a lot of, a lot of good slates to choose from here, but uh, we will cover everything on Sunday as usual. Let's get into it guys, Tennessee and Jacksonville. So Tennessee, a tough loss in Cleveland against Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland came in and punched them in the mouth. So uh, we'll see if they respond here. Very good matchup, obviously, uh, with this Jacksonville team who did hang in there with, with Minnesota. So they were competitive. Uh, injury-wise, just a couple of minor ones. LaVisca Chenault, uh, as always, questionable. He played last week. Uh, I don't think that'll be an issue. And then Tennessee, uh, we saw John U. Smith uh, miss last week. He is questionable. So, uh, Chop, we'll start with you. You're back on the pod here. And, and the big question does Derrick Henry bounce back this week? I mean, a lot of people were playing him last week in a good spot. Obviously, the game got away from them, so it kind of took him out of the game. We saw Tannehill, uh, Corey Davis put up big numbers. So uh, which way do you want to go here with this Tennessee offense, big total? Uh, and we know there's going to be points scored. And then Jacksonville, uh, parse through that. We know Robinson's been solid, good matchup, was good against this team all the way back in week two. But uh, any of these receivers doing anything for you? So open us up here, Titans and Jaguars. Yeah, you, you, man, it's one of those uh, situations for Tennessee where you almost want to set, like, a, a, if you're doing a bunch of entries in GPPs, you almost want to set, like, this rule, you must include one Tennessee Titan in every lineup because somebody's going to go off. This is a, a great matchup on, on the road, too, so maybe it even keeps it a little bit close. But Derrick Henry could definitely erupt in this spot. But right when you think it's Derrick Henry, it could be one of those receivers and so I'd want to want I'd want to have some exposure to Tennessee in almost every lineup in some facet. So, watching the game last week, man, I was really worried for about two minutes there. It looked like AJ Brown might have done something, and 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 ended his season. Man, he went down with a non-contact, but he bounced up after a couple minutes and and came back in the game. So I think he's good to go. Uh, but Corey Davis has been a beast this year. And you got Davis, you got Brown, you got Derrick Henry, and Tannehill's really Tannehill's good for these really efficient four-touchdown games every once in a while. So I'd want exposure to Tennessee on just about every lineup, man. So that's that's about where I leave it because you can't really narrow it down. But I think it's a big bounce-back spot for this offense. And for right. Jacksonville – and for I'm sorry, I, I forgot about I, Jacksonville. Hey, I mean, it's easy to forget about Jacksonville. So. Hey, yeah. Dude, I was – I know some people who were very, very angry at DJ Shark last week. So, uh, I don't know if I can go there, man. You know, they had a good matchup last week. And James, James Robinson is the most consistent guy in the lineup. He's priced up like that. But James Robinson is the guy you'd want in this lineup. The receivers are just really iffy. So, James Robinson's about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I think the problem is, and, and you, it's weird to say, but they have so many guys now. I mean, with Chark, we know, is the best of the bunch, but Chenault pops up here and there. Uh, we've seen the emergence of Colin Johnson, who, who Chop, you know, is very good in college. Had some injuries he dealt with, but they almost have too many, like, wide receiver two slash threes that, that it's tough to parse through. So Derek is our, our resident Jags expert, so let's let him – uh, talk some Jacksonville here, Derek. So speak on those receivers. Uh, do you like the spot here for James Robinson, even as an underdog? Uh, and then what are you doing with the Tennessee offense here? Yeah, honestly, I'm with you guys with the Jacksonville uh, pass catchers. There's just too many right now. Uh, and, you know, Mike Lennon, he's at least going to take shots down the field, but just hard to trust anyone here. It could be at least a good game script for him. But James Robinson's the guy I would look to. Over his last six games, he's averaging 21 carries, four and a half targets, and 22 fantasy points per game. We're getting an elite workload. And even though the price continues to climb up, I mean, it still feels 
certainly reasonable for me. Um, he's had double-digit fantasy points in every single game so far this season, and he's done it in terrible game scripts pretty much all year. So I don't mind going back to James Robinson uh, for the Titans. The Jags have just been getting burned by uh, wide receiver ones. Um, in week nine, they gave up uh, big games to Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, and then it was Devontae Adams, then it was Deontay Johnson, then it was Jarvis Landry, then last week gave up big games to both Je Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So I love the spot for A.J. Brown. Uh, and then Derrick Henry, always an ownership play for me. He's one of those guys that you want to play when he's low-owned and you want to fade when he's high-owned because he's not uh, the most consistent guy because he doesn't catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. So he's going to have those big games where he runs for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, and he's going to have the games like last week where he kind of struggles uh, to get a bunch of fantasy points. So uh, for me, he's an ownership play. Um, and when these two teams met up in week two, he was really popular and failed. So uh, maybe he does get um, lower ownership this time around. And one other note, just keep an eye on Johnny Smith. Uh, if he's out, Anthony Ferksker had a pretty big role last week. I mean, I know he didn't do much until the final couple minutes, but um, he was on the field, ran a bunch of pass routes, and he's pretty cheap. All right, let's get a betting pick here. Let's get things rolling. We have Tennessee minus seven here on the road. Derek, 53 on the total. I would expect this line to move up throughout the week, so give me Tennessee minus seven. Shop, what do you got? Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. I'm on Tennessee here as well. I know Jacksonville's been competitive, but uh, Tennessee coming off that loss, uh, they need to get it going again, uh, and I think they take it out here on this Jacksonville defense. So uh, we'll lock in our first consensus pick uh, at Tennessee minus seven. So last week, in honor of Chop, we, we didn't really keep track of things. We tracked it. We're not going to talk about it. It was not <laughs> official. Chop, I will say, I don't know if you listened last week, but you have surpassed the great Notorious and have taken the lead here. Uh, in our pick segment. So a uh, one game lead for you, 70 to 69 in the win column. So a few more weeks for us to uh, compete here. And I, of course, holding up the bottom here uh, for us. So let's move on. Next game, we got Houston uh, going to Chicago. Houston, tough loss at home against Indy. Uh, they had it. They had a chance uh, and fumbled it away uh, near the goal line. So the big story there, obviously, we saw uh, Kiki Cutie emerge on the scene. A uh, price up to 5K, though. So how do we feel on that? To get a bunch of targets, uh, may still be a little bit too cheap. Chicago, no injuries there. A tough loss again at home uh, to the Lions. Kind of gave that game away. Uh, I was very high on this offense. Montgomery got it done. He's up to 6,500. So how are we feeling about that? Uh, and another week of Trubisky and Allen Robinson. So, Derek, we'll go to you here. Uh, big questions for me. Can you pay 6,500 here for David Montgomery? Another great matchup uh, with Houston and Kiki Cutie. 5K, too high or too low? All right, David Montgomery. If you just take the name away, for whatever reason, people hate David Montgomery. But he's getting, uh, you know, 85% of the snaps every week. Uh, he's getting 20-plus touches every week. He scored 28 and 27 fantasy points the last two games. Now he gets to face a team that's really bad against the run and that's allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. So if you just take the name away, 6,500, more than reasonable uh, for the workload and the matchup. Uh, love the spot for him. It's also a pretty good spot for Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson. Um, you know, they're kind of turning into, you know, a Packers light where you can expect where the production is going to come from. Um, and it's pretty much those three guys. A-Rob did lead the NFL in targets last year with uh, Trubisky under center, and he's seen 20 over the last two weeks. Uh, pretty good matchup for him as well. Then on the Texans side, uh, the big story for me, yeah, Kiki Cutie had the big game, but um, he played a different role than we were expecting. We kind of just thought he would step in uh, and play the slot like he has been pretty much his whole career. But uh, they use Chad Hansen in the slot, and they use QT as more of the, you know, in the fuller role. So uh, he's going to get more targets downfield, which does make him a little bit more interesting um, than we originally thought. But 
5K, you're going to have to pay a premium for him. For me, it's going to be an ownership play. Don't mind going back to Brandon Cooks. Um, he had a monster target share before the Fuller um, suspension. And then uh, the matchup sets up decent for Jordan Akins. I know he's been the chalk that's busted two weeks in a row, but uh, the Bears, the one position they struggle with is tight end. So um, I don't mind looking at him as a punt. All right, Chop, same questions for you. Uh, Kiki Cutie, QT, Cutie, whatever it is, 5K on him. Uh, and he, he just, Derek compared the Bears to my Packers, a little, little Green Bay light. So <laughs> I agree as far as knowing where the ball goes, just kind of busting his chops there. But uh, David Montgomery, 6,500, you like that price. Uh, you're going to stay away this week. So same questions for you here, Texans and Bears. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this game. As uh, start off with, I want to start off with the David Montgomery thing because <clears throat> I've been one of the guys who's been like, I won't play David Montgomery. Like, I watched – I know David Montgomery is talented. I saw him at Iowa State. He was really good. He had no – he has no offensive line. That's kind of been his thing. And uh, he's had good matchups, and he's couldn't – he's just no breathing room. But, man, watching that game last week, he made some nice cuts. He's still got that talent. He's still young enough. He's still explosive. So, like, maybe the offensive line is improving. I'm not having him dug into their grades or what they've done with it, but – He's getting better, and he's, and he's got the most cupcake schedule down the stretch of any running back. I definitely eyeballed that in my home league for sure, but he's got a good schedule. So I guess, you, you know, you can keep riding him. I, I just His problems have always been with the offensive line, and even the play calling in general is just pretty atrocious sometimes. But I'm all about Montgomery. Al Robinson, very solid, except he's, just, he's a little bit boring sometimes, but he's consistent, and he has a high floor, but he's just a little bit boring, that's all, but, uh, you know, Montgomery, Robinson, you can go with and, and roll with it, uh, Trubisky, I guess he's okay, and then for Houston, yeah, now you get a lot of things, QT, excellent for me last week, I avoided the Brandon Cooks thing, I, I didn't like Cooks last week, I liked QT better, so this week, uh, the one thing Chicago does is, I look, you know, you look on defense, and They've given up plenty of production to wide receivers this year. Like Marvin Jones, I know it was garbage time last week for Marvin Jones, but hell, Houston lives in garbage time. That's all they do. So Marvin Jones, you know, got there. Justin Jefferson crushed him a couple weeks ago. A.J. Brown put up 100 yards. When they face decent receivers, they give up good games. So they're not immune. Uh, so maybe you can go back to Brandon Cooks here. But Brandon Cooks, I think, is interesting as a bounce-back candidate that won't get as much ownership this week. QT is uh, a guy that's priced up a little bit more and is going to get a lot more ownership this week than he did last week. And then the guy kind of sitting down there that I don't know if anybody's really going to play is Chad Hansen, who was another really good wide receiver in college and kind of establishing a role right here. So I think you could play any one of these guys and maybe get away with it because I think there's going to be plenty of garbage time at the end of this thing. So uh, I think there's something to be had for this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this one's interesting. The, the total is, is down maybe the lowest we have. I'm kind of looking over, but 44 and a half is pretty low total. But I do think there are some plays, and I kind of agree with, with both of you. Uh, and, Derek, the ownership point is really what I'm going to be keeping an eye on here. You know, people are going to be going back to QT uh, because of last week. I, I was with you, Chop. I preferred him over Cooks. He was cheap. I uh, figured he'd get enough targets and uh, kind of outproduced what I even thought he would do. But uh, a game, nonetheless, I, I think even if you get a little skinny stack out of this game, uh, grab a piece from each side. I don't know that I'd be stacking this one up, but uh, there's certainly some intriguing plays on both sides. All right, Chop, we got Texans road favorites here, minus one and a half, and again, that total at 44 and a half. Chicago all the way. 
I got Chicago as well. I'll take the points here. Houston is just one of those teams that you never really know what they're going to do, but uh, I think Chicago pulls this one off, probably wins the game. So uh, not an official pick, but I'd sprinkle a little bit on that money line as well. Derek, what do you got? Derek, on you got to unmute yourself. Yeah, we caught him. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Bears three for three. Um, but I'm sitting here looking at the name Chad Hansen. Isn't that the name of the baseball's DFS that got suspended from Twitter? Oh, you might be on. Remember him? Oh, maybe he he's back in a new role. <laughs> he is was that, great. They need to free him from Twitter. Is that the name? That does sound familiar. Now that baseballs. You say it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. It, who's the name of the guy that does to catch a predator? Is that is that? Chad oh, Hansen. Oh, that's no, that's uh, I think Hansen's the last name, but it's not Chad. Oh, what the hell is that guy's name? Ah, oh, I can't think of it. It's definitely Hansen, though. And then you got the, the red zone guys, Hansen. I oh, mean, yeah. there's just Hansen's everywhere. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. But three for three there on the Bears. So, we're building quite a parlay card here. Uh, early on, next game, Denver travels to Carolina. Denver uh, hung in there with Kansas City, tough loss. Uh, and Carolina coming off the bye. So no injuries on the Denver side. Uh, Carolina, a lot of questions here, guys. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, questionable. I would expect him to play. Uh, they say Christian McCaffrey has a chance to return here. And, of course, we saw DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, placed on the COVID-19 list. DJ Moore also uh, dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue. So uh, this one may be a little tough to, to kind of parse through here. Chop, we'll go to you. Let's just, you know, kind of, kind of tap toe around this one and, if CMC's back, do we want to pay that 9200 for him? Uh, if he's not, are we interested in Mike Davis? What do we do with the receivers? And then anything of interest on the Denver side? Uh, you know, if CMC comes back, I, I'm not going to be interested in him at this price tag. There's no discounts right there. And, yeah, I'm not going to be playing him. Uh, I mean, you might sprinkle him in a couple of GPPs, but I won't be playing him very much uh, if he comes back at that price tag. And I'm very interested in what happens with DJ Moore because if he's out, I want I want some Robbie Anderson for sure. And, uh, you know, if he's in, maybe he's just a decoy anyway. I don't know. They've had this bye week to to kind of get healthy. So see how that plays out. But I'm interested in the receivers to see how that injury shakes out. Not interested in McCaffrey. If McCaffrey sits, yeah, man, I don't know. This matchup is probably a little bit much that I don't really want to play too much Mike Davis either. He, he kind of lost his shine after uh, after a couple of weeks. He lost his shine. So I don't think don't think I'm interested in that backfield at all at these appropriate price tags. Uh, for Denver, I don't know. I think they could probably get loose in this game. It's clearly – I think the favorite target for Drew Locke is uh, is Tim Patrick. He gets down there around the, around the end zone, and he's going to look to Tim Patrick. So – Go back to Tim Patrick. Why not? They're not raising the price on him. Forty-two hundred. God damn, man! Turn that phone off, man. <laughs> people people blowing something. you up, asking you about that season-long team. I mean, I also got a. I also tell you a story after I do the Broncos, but yeah, Gordon, Lindsey, no, no thanks unless there's an injury. Tim Patrick's the guy, and I probably, I think I probably had enough of Noah Fant too. That you know, like, I don't think I want to go back there. And Jerry Judy just doesn't get enough action, so. Pretty much Tim Patrick and Drew Locke to me on that side. I got this this guy. Uh, you know, the, the DFS community is really – especially the RG guys in Discord, right? So, one of the guys – man, I, 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 I got to pull up his name. But, like, he sent me this care package. I don't know if I told you all this. Like, right, ar no. right around when the pandemic started, when it kicked off and everybody was freaking out. Like, he sent me this care package. Discord, we were communicating in Discord. And 
man, it had like all kinds of sanit because he works for somebody. It had all kinds of sanitizer in it, sanitizers, uh, all this nice stuff, man, that I like, you know, sanitizing stuff. One of it was one of those phone, one of those things you put your phone in, you close the lid, the UV ray, the UV rays hit it for a couple minutes and it sanitizes your phone, right? So like one of the best things anybody's ever given me for free. And I tell you what, if you ever lose your phone, that's the first place you look because I'm always putting that thing, my phone in there and I forget about it. And then all of a sudden an hour later, I'm like, where the hell is my phone? And I'm looking around the house and I'm blaming everybody. And it's always in the sanitizer, man. So you gotta be careful right there, but awesome gift. And that's, that's my analysis. Yeah, man, that, that is an awesome <laughs> gift. It reminds me of my daughter, my oldest daughter has a phone and uh, we were, we were on FaceTime the other day with, with grandma and about a minute into the call, we're on her phone. And about a minute into the call, she starts freaking out. And where's my phone? Has anybody seen my phone? I can't find it. And she's like tearing up the house and throwing shit all over the place. And I'm just sitting there like, this is the future of our, our country right here. Like, hate to say it about my own kid, but your phone's right here. What the, the hell's yeah. wrong with you? So, uh, yeah, it, it happens to the best of us, Chop. So, uh, Derek, let's go to you here, Denver, Carolina. Uh, the, the Mike Davis thing is, you know, if McCaffrey's not back, I, I think Davis, I'm interested if Curtis Samuel's out. Cause when he's in there, uh, we've seen him kind of get carries and be utilized out of the backfield. So, uh, Samuel kind of a, a domino as far as Davis goes uh, at Robbie Anderson as well. If one of these guys are out, I agree with you, chop a lot more interest in Robbie Anderson, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. If Samuel's out, uh, Davis, uh, a little bit more secure, uh, in that role, but, I would expect McCaffrey back. So Derek, your thoughts there. Do you want to pay that price on him? Uh, what are you doing with these receivers, the rest of that offense? And then uh, Denver, I agree. Chop Patrick 4,200 is attractive, but I don't know how much interest I have here in Denver. Derek, what do you think? Yeah, Denver uh, don't have a ton of interest in their offense as a whole. Uh, I do think they could be passing a lot in this game if they fall behind early. Uh, Judy, Patrick, Fant, they're all pretty cheap. Um, Patrick has been, you know, Locke's favorite target recently, so I don't mind that call by Chop. I have a little bit of interest in Fant, but for the most part, there's going to be tournament plays for me. The Panthers, it's a hard situation to parse through uh, without knowing who's going to be active. So, uh, yeah, if C-Mac is out and Samuel's out, then, you know, Mike Davis, I think he's in a great spot. If DJ Moore's out, I think Robbie Anderson's in a great spot. If everyone's active, then I kind of want to avoid everything. I mean, Denver has a pretty good defense, fifth in DVOA against the pass, 19th in DVOA against the run. So it's just a wait-and-see approach for me. And uh, in terms of cell phones, when did you guys buy your kids their first cell phone? So my daughter was middle school. That, that was the big the, – the elementary school is right down the road. It, it's close. The middle school is a little bit of a, a venture, bus ride. So that, that was kind of the, the deciding factor. But uh, she had turned 11. Now I have a, a fifth grader that, that's 11. So she's starting to say, where's my phone? So that was our kind of middle school. But Chop, what about you? Sixth grade, when they, when they moved yep. from fifth, which was elementary school, up to sixth uh, – what is that? I don't know, 11, 12 years old, whatever, yep. sixth grade, they, they get a lot more freedom at middle school. So I said, all right, when that first kid hit there, it was like, all right, they, he needs a phone. So, so every time one of them hits sixth grade, they get a phone now. Now, Derek, you got a ways to go. Too. Well, I mean, you talking phones already? He can't be that old. No, he's, so he's only five, just turned five, but uh, his cousin's like seven or eight and just got a cell phone. So he's already got his uh, his eyes peeled on one. He's got a tablet. I think that's good enough for Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's what we always did. The, the little ones had iPods and iPads, and 
I'll tell you what, though, you start adding lines to this phone bill and uh, it, it gets a little <laughs> pricey. I, I'm going on my fourth line here soon. So uh, the bills continue to add up. We need these DFS winnings uh, to counterbalance that. So uh, let's get some betting picks here. Derek, we have Carolina minus three and a half here at home, total at 46 and a half. I'm going to take the under. You know, maybe Carolina's missing a couple guys. Don't really have a ton of faith in the Broncos offense. Uh-oh, Chop, we're going to put the pressure on you here because I circled the under here as well. The numbers seemed a little bit too high, two defenses that, that are more than capable of shutting these offenses down. So uh, I'm on the under 46 and a half as well. Chop? You will not be adding this to the parlay card. All right, good. I don't mind that <laughs> call, but I, uh, I kind of like the road underdog here. So All right. Taking Denver in the points. Taking Denver. Lock it in. All right, moving on. Minnesota off the barely surviving there against Jacksonville. And and we really saw the receivers. Uh, The story here, Dalvin Cook got a ton of work, got his numbers. But uh, Thielen and Jefferson were both fantastic uh, in that game. So they pulled it out against Jacksonville. Now travel to Tampa Bay coming off the bye. And uh, Chris Godwin was added to the injury report here either today or yesterday. I had pins removed from that finger that he had surgery on. So we'll keep an eye on that one. If he if he's out, obviously that, that adds to the appeal of uh, guys like Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. So chop, we'll go to you here. Big total game, uh, Tampa Bay, right around a touchdown favorite here uh, should be a weak, healthy uh, old noodle arm. I know you love you some Tom Brady. So what are you thinking here in the spot against the Vikings? First off, it's Showboat King. Showboat King is the, is the RG member that hit, hooked me up with the swag. Now, I don't want to put no pressure on him. I know a lot of guys are going to DM him now wanting those <laughs> phone sanitizers, but it was Showboat King. I, I appreciate it, man. Shout what, out what to you. What a guy. I, I'm feeling like the Travolta gif over here now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see any care packages on the old, the old beer man's doorstep. But no, you got to be aggressive and really get up in there and, and ask him for it, man. You got <laughs> to throw your weight around a little hey, bit. I, I got my, my free weed whacker uh, 3.0 and the old ball deodorant. There so I guess that, that's oh, yeah. my, my freebies for the year, I guess. You got the good stuff. All right. Minnesota at Tampa Bay. I'd say uh, – I'm not very interested in Minnesota. They've got a, you know, they can click on offense really nice, especially at home. But I think this matchup, uh, Tampa Bay's had a little bit of extra time here to kind of right the ship here. They got, they got just destroyed last time out. I think the defense is going to come out tough. So I'm not all that interested in Minnesota here. Uh, for Tampa Bay, I, again, I, I'm going to go with the same thing. I think they have had a little extra time to prepare. I think they're going to come out and smash here. Can't can't predict that running back spot, so I'm out on that, and uh, I'm gonna stick to my order of hierarchy here for Tampa Bay wide receivers. I'm gonna say Antonio number one, followed by in this game Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, I think, is gonna be okay by game time. Didn't he? He just had his pins removed. Yeah, so. I think he'll be fine. I just wanted to throw it in there, just just something yeah. to keep an eye on. I mean, but he I'll should be good to go. Assuming he's active and, and everything's fine. I mean, actually, he should be in better shape going into this game than he has these last couple with those pins in there. So, assuming he's – I'm going Antonio, Chris, and Mike. And then, of course, if if Chris Godwin sat, then we'd be in really good shape with those other two guys. So, But I'm still going to be out on the uh, running backs. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you here. It seems like Brady really wants to get Antonio Brown going, and, and he looks good. I mean, he, he's getting open. He, he does not look washed up at all. We know he's put in a lot of time, and he's the cheapest of these three as well. I mean, it's tough that they're all going to get targets and uh, kind of siphon away from each other, but 
Uh, I agree there. And as far as Dalvin Cook, just a tough spot here. And I kind of looked through and, and on the road against good defenses is where he's basically been held under 20 fantasy points. And we'll, we'll throw that game out against Carolina. Uh, but at Chicago, 15. Uh, at Seattle, under 20. And then he had that game at Indy at 17. So we know Tampa Bay very good against the run. I mean, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, nothing saying he can't get there through the passing game. But uh, 9400 Derek, it seems a, a, pay a, a big price to pay here uh, for a guy in a tough matchup on the road. Definitely uh, tough uh, to pay that much for him. But, I mean, he's still got a path for 25-plus touches. He's very involved in the passing game. Uh, and he's ran bad the last couple of weeks, not getting in the end zone. Um, he had 27 last week without scoring a touchdown. And I mean, he got tackled at the one a couple of times. They were going to go for it on third and one in overtime. And then uh, they got the false start and, uh, you know, kicked the field goal. So uh, at low ownership, I suppose there could be a case to be made for Dalvin Cook. I would expect, you know, less than 10% ownership this week. And uh, I do agree that the Buccaneers are going to, you know, smash in this game. And if that happens, we might get the Vikings airing it out more than usual. That's probably good news for the Buccaneers defense, but it's also good news for, you know, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. I do think they're going to be low owned as well since they're both pretty expensive. So I think you're going to get really low ownership on all these Vikings guys. And we know they're all capable of having big games. And then uh, on the other side, you know, we make fun of Tom Brady being washed all the time, but he has scored 34 fantasy points already three times this season. Um, and I'll disagree with you guys. Uh, my hierarchy, I'm going to go Evans, Godwin, and then Brown. Over the last three games, Evans leads the team in targets, air yards, and touchdowns. Godwin leads the team in receptions and receiving yards. Um, I have been on the Antonio Brown train. just hasn't been working for me, so uh, I'll hop off, and uh, this will be the time he goes nuts. All right, perfect, because uh, Chop and I are going to be playing him. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's always tough, breaking those guys down. You know, these teams with three grid receivers, you know, sometimes you never know. But uh, generally, I like to find the, the cheaper of them, and that's Antonio Brown. All right, Derek, we got – Tampa, just a shade under a touchdown, minus six and a half home favorites here, 52 on the total. I alluded to it earlier. Uh, this seems like a Tampa Bay smash pot. I agree. I, I, I don't know if they're trying to, to, to trick me in and set the trap here at minus six and a half, but I'm going to step in it like a big dummy and take Tampa Bay. Chop. I'm going with the over and uh, just basically – thinking that at the end of this game, both of those numbers are going to be really tight. And I believe Kirk Cousins in garbage time can get us to the over, and that may actually bust the spread too. So I'm going to take the over. All right, from a 52 down to a 45 here, Arizona traveling to New York to take on the Giants. Uh, we saw the Cardinals uh, struggle at home and take an L against the Rams. The Giants kind of shocked the world, go to Seattle uh, and get it done, mainly on the strength of that defense making Russell Wilson and company uh, look kind of, kind of confused out there. So, uh, you know, two defenses, you know, playing well, well, I guess Arizona not playing well, giving up a ton of points to the Rams, but a lower total game. My main question here, are we worried about Kyler Murray? Now we've seen a few weeks in a row. Uh, he struggled. It's been against some pretty good defenses. So is it the shoulder? Is it the matchups? Uh, and then the Giants side of things. Uh, we'll see if Daniel Jones comes back. Do we get another week of Colt McCoy here? Uh, and then some minor COVID uh, injuries, Devontae Freeman uh, and Larry Fitzgerald, both still on the COVID list. So, uh, Derek, your turn here. Uh, main question, Kyler Murray, what do we do here against the Giants? I will not be playing him. Um, he's only had five rushing attempts each of the last three games. Uh, his passing hasn't been that efficient either. So, um, whether it's injury, whether, you know, defenses are just changing their approach on him, 
I do have my concerns and, uh, you know, going across country to New York uh, could be, you know, a tough spot for him. As you mentioned, we did see the Giants, uh, you know, shut down the Seahawks defense last week. And uh, Hopkins versus Bradbury should be a fun matchup. Um, I like his chances against most cornerbacks. Um, so if he's going to be low on, I'll maybe take a share or two. But for the most part, I'm off of this Cardinals offense. And when it comes to the Giants, it's hard to trust anyone. Uh, well, Wayne Gallman has averaged uh, 20 touches over the last three games. We saw Alfred Morris come in, vulture a couple touchdowns last week. I still prefer Gallman if I'm targeting anyone there. And then Slayton hasn't really been involved uh, in the offense much. So maybe look at Chance uh, or maybe look at Sterling Shepard. He's kind of been the number one guy um, there. But I would much prefer this passing attack if Daniel Jones is back. All right, Chop, let's go over to you. Kind of an ugly game. And my main question, same thing, uh, Kyler Murray, yes or no? Uh, simply no. Not, like every year we you come across these guys who get banged up and the injury is – not not strong enough to keep them from playing, but definitely strong enough to limit performance. It happens every year to a lot of guys. I think Kyler's going through that right now. And I, I simply can't pay pay for him as my QB1 because that's his price tag. And uh, can't pay up like that and for a guy who's injured like that. So I'm going to pass on Kyler Murray. It hurts the whole offense, but DeAndre's always going to get his. I don't know what the status is of Larry Fitzgerald, but – you know, if Fitzgerald is out, then Isabella's seeing a few targets, five five targets and then six targets. So he's getting a few targets, and he's a home run hitter, so you can always put him in your GPP lineup. And Kenyon Drake's getting the bulk of the carries. Chase Edmonds getting a lot more targets, but Drake's getting the carries and get around the goal line. You could you could sneak him in. And so Drake is, Drake is fine if you assume Arizona's going to be in this game, which I think they will be because uh, I think the Giants' defense is good, but – not unbeatable, obviously. And then for the Giants, we'll see, man. It all hinges on Daniel Jones and his health. I don't want to play. I don't want to play anybody here. I might play Golden Tate if if uh, Colt McCoy has to start. Golden Tate, I think, is his preferred target. But if Col Colt's in there, there's nobody else I want. And if Daniel's in there, I'm, I want to go to some Darius Slayton. So that's where I'm at with that. Evan Ingram's playing well lately so you can put him in there but the backfield man I, as much as I wanted to play Wayne Gallman and I played him last week that Alfred Morris thing really throws me for a loop so I can't mess around with that backfield this week yeah that's the problem I mean I like Gallman he's been productive and, and the numbers have certainly been there and even without those touchdowns uh he, he did what he needed to do at that price but it just zaps the ceiling away if, if we're not sure he's going to get touches around the red zone so I, I'm kind of in a wait and see mode on the Giants as well agree with you guys. Kyler, I'm a no. Uh, it, it sucks. It's season long. I got a bunch of Kyler teams in Dynasty and, you know, a little bit worried about him. But DFS, just such a big price to pay. And he'll probably be very low owned here. But I uh, just don't love this matchup here uh, on the road with the Giants. So, Chop, we got Cardinals road favorites minus two and a half total at 45 and a half. It's a low total, but I'm going with the under. Uh I'm going to go to Derek. Nothing really stands out here for me, to be honest. So, Derek, what do you got? Yeah, my lean was toward the under two. All right. Well, I'm not going to force that one. I'll take the Giants and the points at home. I really don't love anything here. That, that Everything feels about right here. So, uh, we'll go with the Giants, plus two and a half. Next game, uh, this one should be fun. I, I'm looking forward to this one uh, just to see uh, how the Dolphins can do here. Kansas City uh, coming into town, coming off that win against Denver. Uh, we'll see if Clyde Edwards Solaire is back in the lineup. Uh, kind of ruined some lineups for me, and I'm sure a lot of people out there was active uh, and then didn't play a snap in that game. 
Uh, if he were to miss or, or you know be questionable again, Le'Veon Bell, 4,400. We have interest there. And in Miami, another ugly win against Cincinnati. They got it done. Uh, Injury-wise, the backfield, we saw the return of Miles Gaskin, 21 carries, so he was not limited. Uh, Ahmad and Deshaun Wash- DeAndre Washington uh, still listed as questionable along with Jakeem Grant. So they are dealing with some injuries here, but this is a big test here, Derek. I mean, it, Miami's played well. They went ugly. Can they possibly hold this Chiefs offense down enough where we don't have interest in them in DFS? Definitely not. Uh, the Chiefs, I actually prefer them when they're facing a good defense because, you know, it keeps them sharp. It keeps their foot on the gas. Uh, we saw it a couple weeks ago against the Buccaneers. They came out and had a, an amazing first half and then kind of just, uh, you know, coasted to a win. So if this game stays competitive, that's even better news for this offense. It's the same thing every week. Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. I mean, we saw Tyreek Hill. Should have had uh, two extra or two more long touchdowns last week. Uh, had that one where it tipped and then they forgot to challenge it. Then they had the other one with the callback for a penalty. Kelsey's a play every single week. So I like all of these guys, especially in tournaments. They all have such high ceilings. Uh, I do not worry about the matchup one bit. And for the Dolphins, uh, they'll probably try to get it going on the ground. You know, uh, KC 32nd in DVOA against the run. If Miles Gaskin is going to be the guy again, which I expect him to be, um, I'll feel better about it if uh, Ahmed and Washington are both out again. But um, he had a bunch of goal line carries, as mentioned, 21 carries overall. So he'd be the guy I would look to there. The passing offense, they're probably going to need to air it out a little bit more this week if they do fall behind. But just with two under center, I'm just not as um, optimistic about his receivers as I would be with Fitz. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, we're, we're going to have to see more from Tua and, and Chop. You, you're our college football expert. And, and speaking of college football, a little, little breaking news here into the pod. Michigan has canceled their game with Ohio State, which leaves Ohio State one game short uh, to qualify for the, for the playoffs. So I know there was some discussion on it. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet uh, made some comments on it, and uh, now it's official. So I uh, just wanted to pass that along. So Chop, speak on that if you'd like. Uh, speak uh, on Tua here. Do we get some upside out of this passing offense? And then what way do we go with the Chiefs? Do we just play them all? You prefer Tyreek, Kelsey? What do you got, Chiefs and Dolphins? Well, as far as uh, I could almost guarantee you, they'll find a way to to finagle Ohio State into the playoffs. They're they're not going to let them just uh, hang out, hang hang to dry out and win like that. They'll they'll find a way, even if they got to schedule an exhibition game this week against somebody just to get that that uh, quota of games. So, I'm not worried about that so much for them. But uh, it leads us into the NBA, man. The NBA wants to start in two weeks, guys. Can you believe they're going to try to start in two weeks? Why wouldn't they just push that back a little bit, man? And they, they they're in for a world. I was just talking to Eric Bimefor yesterday about it. Boy, it is going to be a madhouse oh, yeah. with COVID. And, mess, and the, we already don't get good reporting on regular injuries. And and now some of this COVID stuff will not even be disclosed to the reporters who probably won't even be in the same vicinity as the, as the people anymore, as the teams anymore. Man, it's just going to be a mess. I wish, I wish Adam Silver would step in. And I know he wants that Christmas Day, the Christmas Day action, but man, push it back, guys. That's just going to be crazy. But as far as KC, Miami, KC, I'm with Derek. Exactly. I like them when they're facing a challenge like this. It makes them even better. The problem is it's kind of unappealing when the guy's 8K and then, you know, Tyreek Hill's 8.5 and you're tied in 7-4. I mean, you're priced up. So you've got to have the great games out of them because otherwise they're total bombs. So they're priced up. It's just super, like, unexciting when, when it's that high of a price tag. 
But you can play them, though. And for Miami, I still think they want to make the playoffs. But if they are, why are they playing Tua? Because he's clearly not their best option right now at, at, at the position to get them into the playoffs. So as long as he's there, I do like that they made an effort to get Jacecki the ball last week a lot. So if they want to do that, I'm fine with Jacecki. He could maybe sprinkle in some Parker. I don't like him with Tua under center, though. And Miles Gaskins the main one here that you want to play because uh, they're giving him all the looks. He's getting receptions out of the backfield, goal line carries. He'll eventually get that ball across the goal line, even though he was like 0 for 32 last week in goal line carries. But and two is going to check down to him. So Miles Gaskins is the most appealing guy in that offense to me. Yeah, I agree. Price is pretty fair as well. Kansas City definitely beatable on the ground. So uh, Gaskin really stands out here. I think that's the way they're going to want to win. I mean, if they can establish the run, uh, keep the keep the ball out of Mahomes and company's hands and, and win ugly like we know they want to do, I think that's the formula. Will they be able to slow down Kansas City enough to do that? that that's the question here. So, uh, Chop, we got Chiefs minus seven, 49 and a half on the total. Oh, man. I would say for the sake of uh, – that's a good spread. I'll I'll take the over here then. I'm going to go Miami. I, I do it every week. I'm going to stick with it here. Give me Miami plus the seven at home. Derek? I think KC puts up 35 here, so I think the over. All right, moving on. Last game here in the early window, Chops Cowboys, who uh, will play tonight. So we don't not, – not coming off any games or anything. We'll see how they do against Baltimore. But they travel to Cincinnati, uh, who lost at Miami. Uh, Dallas side, they, they should be healthy, ready to go. The big thing I noticed is the pricing here. Uh, Derek, Amari Cooper up to 6,500. Uh, CD Lamb still down at 4,800 and Gallup at 3,800. So parse those receivers. Uh, you also have Zeke Elliott down at 6,600. So it's like some good pricing here uh, on the Cowboys. Cincinnati side, uh, Brandon Allen questionable. We saw him leave that last game. So we'll see if he's back. A uh, word that Joe Mixon could also return here uh, in this matchup. And then T Higgins, uh, questionable. Tried, tried to leap a guy. Uh, hurt the old hammy, went to Twitter, and uh, <laughs> kind of blasted on himself. was pretty funny, but uh, he is questionable here as well, Derek. So, Cowboys, Bengals, what do you got? So, I want to hear Chop's take on uh, if the Cowboys lose against the Ravens, you know, are they just going to start limiting Zeke down the stretch? I mean, 6,600 for him against the Bengals is awfully enticing. So, uh, if we feel good about him getting 20-plus touches, then I definitely have some interest in him. Uh, it's a good matchup for their passing attack as well. Uh, Cooper, Lamb, Gallup's only 3,800. He's been getting more targets than you might expect. Uh, I think he's had double digits in two of the last four games. So I do have a lot of interest in the Cowboys, and their price points are reasonable enough. Um, just a matter of if they're going to be trying to you know, win games and you know, keep their foot on the gas. So I want to hear Chop's take on that. And then the Bengals. Yeah, just tough for me here. I mean, Joe Mixon could be back, so uh, keep an eye on that. If he's out, you know, Giovanni Bernard is decent enough. It's a good matchup for the running game. Uh, and if I'm going to have to pick a wide out, I'll go with Tyler Boyd. You know, had that long touchdown and then got kicked out for uh, getting in that fight with the Dolphins last week. It just seems like, you know, he's the safest play with him running most of his routes over the middle and either Allen or Finley under center. Likely going to be just looking for those safer options. All right, Chop, let's get over to you. Uh, same, I guess cover Dallas is your team. So uh, Derek brings up a good point uh, on Zeke, uh, some of these receiver prices. Uh, how do you feel about those? And then the Cincinnati side, anything of interest there for the Bengals? Yeah, this is going to be one of your last times you can even think about a Dallas player uh, down the stretch. They've got some tougher matchups. So uh, 
Yeah, this is going to be it. But even even with that being said, I'm not I'm not liking it at all for Dallas in this game, simply because everything hinges on the offensive line, and Zach Martin's not going to play in this game. Uh, he's on the IR. Like we're we're and we're doing this on Tuesday, so we haven't even seen the Baltimore game. But you know, if Zach Martin doesn't play against Cincy, that's like three or four. They're starting off. I don't know if their center is going to make it or not. So anyway. Zach Martin's one of the best in the game, as was Tyron Smith, as was uh, some of the other guys that they've lost this year. So they're in major, major problems. That's what's crushing Elliott right now. So as long as those injuries maintain, I can't play Elliott. It's going to be tough for Cooper to get there with Dalton behind the center. C.D. Lamb, I think, is in a little bit better shape because he can take a shorter target and turn it into something much bigger. So give me a little bit of C.D. Lamb here. On the other side, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see the injuries. But, again, this is a great matchup for Cincinnati. So, uh, Bernard's the solo back. I like Bernard. If Mixon comes back, give me some Joe Mixon. And, and the receivers, I mean, Boyd or Higgins, uh, take your pick. I like either one of them, but I think they can both get there. Yeah, both under 5K. So, you know, DraftKings has done a good job with the pricing this season, in my opinion. Uh, th this is, you know, you, you at least think about it. If they're 5,900 and 5,800, we're, we're probably not even looking at them. But. Uh, if Higgins were to miss, uh, obviously it'd be a big boost uh, to Boyd. Maybe A.J. Green comes back in the conversation and the price continues to plummet. He's officially down to minimum price here. So uh, maybe he's back in our lives as well. But Chop, we have uh, no line, obviously, in this game. I was going to go to a betting pick, but without Dallas on the board, nothing to bet on. So let's move to the afternoon slate again. Great, sp great spread of games here. Uh, seven and six, and you are listening as always to the G DFS OGs right here on Roto Grinders. Next game Jets and Seahawks, uh, another New York team coming into town here. Chop Seattle, big favorites here. No injuries. Jets side of things. We saw Frank Gore uh, go down to injuries, and we saw Ty Johnson look good. Even Jamal Adams got involved uh, in that game. So, any interest in those guys? Uh, and your favorite Jets receiver here. We expect Seattle to score and bounce back. Uh, what Jets receiver do you want uh, running it back on those stacks, Chuck? No interest in the running game here. Uh, Seattle's a little bit tougher against the run, and so I think the the, the need is going to be in the passing game. So I don't want the running backs. Uh, I, you know, I kept Sam Darnold, man, last-minute decision, kept him in my player pool last week because basically I just started looking and I thought, you know what? I don't mind Brashard Perryman. I could play Perryman. I could play Denzel Mims. And I like Jamison Crowder. So if I like all his receivers, why, why would I eliminate the quarterback? So I had to put him back in. And I feel the same way this week. I'm going to keep him in there because he's got three solid guys to throw to. for the. These are the first couple of weeks all year. He's had everybody back healthy there. And he's been healthy too. So, yeah, keep him in there. Those receivers, I think they're all in play. I'm going to lean towards Jamison Crowder every week as long as Darnold's the quarterback. Uh, so give me Crowder number one. But Denzel looks really good, and I like me some Denzel Washington. So I'll go Denzel Mims here, number two, and then Perryman, kind of a distant third, but he's got big play upside. So And they're going to be needing to play from, be, from behind here, play catch-up. So they're going to get some garbage time because after that loss at home to the Giants, Seattle's probably going to come out and really put up a good game offensively. I don't expect them to a rollover two weeks in a row at home. So Russell's going to get it going. DK's in play, obviously. Tyler Lockett's in play. And uh, I think Chris Carson scores a couple of touchdowns in this game, to be honest. So uh, I like Chris Carson. 
There you go. Derek, let's go over to you and uh, same questions. Uh, Jets, favorite receiver, uh, any interest in these running backs? I said Jamal Adams. It's Josh Adams who got involved there. Uh, and then Seattle, are you expecting a bounce back here? Russell, uh, only four touchdowns passes over the last four weeks combined. So uh, does he get it going here? Or is it more of a Carson week for you here against the Jets? I uh, definitely think the Seahawks bounce back, but uh, Pete Carroll, he reminds me of that guy at the blackjack table that always plays, that doesn't play his hand off the dealer. Like he has a rule. He's always going to hit on 12 regardless. Dealer shows a six, he's going to hit on 12. Like just play Russ. You I, I hate that guy, by the way. Yeah. Let me throw I mean, that out there. And this is a matchup where you should be throwing the ball. Uh, Jets 32nd in DVOA against the pass, eighth in DVOA against the run. If Russ airs it out 30 plus times, he's going to have a massive game. But I just don't know if that's what's going to happen. Pete Carroll continues to say he wants to run the ball more and more, which doesn't make any sense to any of us. I get that he's a good players coach and, you know, gets his guys riled up and all that good stuff. But um, just trust the numbers a little bit more, Pete. Um, do it for us. Um, either way, I'll have Lockett or Metcalf in pretty much every lineup that I build this week. I expect one of them to have a really big game against the secondary. Uh, I do like the spot for Chris Carson as well. Finally got – his full workload uh, last week and, you know, 13 and a half point favorites at home. It's hard not to like the running back jet side. I like running it back with Mims, but uh, you can certainly talk me into Crowder or Perriman. All of them feel too cheap. All of them uh, in a pretty good spot. Let, let's talk real quick here on the jets and that, that call against the Raiders. I mean, was this a, Oh shit, we're going to win this game. We, we better call an all out blitz uh, to allow them to score. Uh, do you guys believe any of that? Or was that just, uh, Greg Williams being a being a, a bad coordinator cost him his job. But uh, any 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 uh, tanking uh, conspiracies here, either you guys. I personally can't think that they uh, didn't do that on purpose. I, I, they had to have they had to have done that on purpose. Like the only way the Raiders win that game, the only way is uh, a hell mary touchdown. Basically, like why? How could you make that call? realistically and i just it had to be a call on purpose to lose to try it and lose the game it just had to be but do you do you think they would not want to go in 16 i mean they wouldn't be the first team we know the lions uh, set the bar no. there but i mean the problem is for number one well there's two things here number one there's other teams out there who only have like one win this year so Dags. getting just one win could cost you the number one draft pick. And this year, of all years, like you'd have to go back for me to like Andrew Luck or, or Peyton Manning or something to, to have a prospect as good as Trevor Lawrence with that. That number one pick is so easy this year. There's such a huge drop off to number two that I just – everything kind of shapes up to me to think that that was intentional and, and that they're very much – very willing to go 0-16. That's – I mean, I just – I was shocked when I saw – I'm like, that was – I agree. I, I thought that was done intentionally. Derek, any thoughts? Yeah, it seemed intentional. And the play before that, uh, they had a receiver beat their safeties deep too, uh, and he just missed them on a deep ball in the end zone and then uh, happened again on the very next play. And uh, I saw a stat on Twitter. That was like the only play ever uh, under that situation where, you know, they needed a touchdown to win, less than 30 seconds, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and that was the only play ever where they sent like seven guys after the quarterback. And you let maybe the fastest guy outside of Tyreek Hill uh, in the league just run right by your guy. I mean, just crazy. But uh, I agree. That number one pick valuable. I think they'd have some suitors uh, for Sam Darnold. So it uh, would kind of be a, a double whammy there. But – uh, just interesting. Uh, bad teams find a way to stay bad. So 
Uh, Chop, we'll go to you for a betting pick here. Seattle minus 13 and a half, 47 and a half on the total. Yeah, more more garbage time touchdowns for the Jets, so I'm going to take the over, I think. I'm going to take Seattle. It's a lot of points, but I do feel like they're just going to hammer this team. So I, I don't think they're, the Jets are going to be able to compete like the Giants did. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the points here with Seattle. Derek? I like both of those calls. Um, give me. Can I take both? Uh, no, Seattle then you'd have an extra pick on chop and you guys are in a race to see who can win <laughs> this thing. To, so I need make a selection. I'm, I'm a game behind. Um, all right, I'll go Seattle. All right. Next game. Speaking of Vegas, we got the Raiders at home taking on the Colts Colts, uh, small favorites here on the road. No injuries on that side. Uh, Raiders, uh, Josh Jacobs sounds doubtful here. I, they don't sound very optimistic that, that he's going to be back uh, in the mix. So, Devontae Booker, uh, everybody wanted to play him last week. Uh, I'm glad I avoided him, uh, not doing a victory lap here, but Derek, I think you did the same. Uh, so do we go back to him here. It, it's a tough matchup here uh, with the Colts, but you got to imagine ownership uh, takes a big hit here. And then Darren Waller, guys, just went absolutely nuts against this Jets team. So what do we do there? Uh, Derek, we'll go to you here. Your thoughts, Colts and Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, just such a weird team. Uh, they either show up and play great or they look terrible. Um, they've looked terrible the last two weeks. Lucky to walk away with the win last week against the Jets, like we just mentioned. But uh, tough matchup. Colts top 10 DVOA against the run and the pass. So if Booker's starting, I mean, I guess he can look his way. He did have 17 touches. They had a, a couple looks inside the 10-yard line, but certainly not a great matchup. Um, Waller's expensive, 6,800 now. Um, kind of tough to pay that much for a tight end. I would rather just go up a little bit more and get Kelsey. So maybe Nelson Aguilar at 4,700, but you know the Colts don't get get beat deep all that often. So for the most part, even though the Raiders are playing at home, I don't have a ton of interest in their offense. Cold side, Jonathan Taylor's looked apart the last two games, but he's still tough to trust. I mean, they're going to play the hot hand with Hines and Wilkins back there. Uh, Philip Rivers did trust him a little bit more in the passing game the last couple of weeks, so. You know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's trending in the right direction, but we've said that a number of times about Taylor, and then for whatever reason, the next game happens, and it's one of the other guys that uh, ends up having a good week. Uh, and perhaps we wrote off T.Y. Hilton a little too early. Last two weeks, 12 receptions, 191 yards, two touchdowns. This game is indoors in a dome. Uh, we'd like to play him indoors throughout his career. Uh, maybe it's fool's gold, but I have a tiny bit of interest in T.Y. against his secondary. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's one I, I wonder about because he has looked good. I mean, Pittman they didn't see as many targets last week, but he's now cheaper than, than Hilton. And then the running backs, look, Chop, where do you come out on this? Because Taylor, I had a lot of last week. He, I was worried the whole first half. He finally catches that, that crazy touchdown where nobody wanted to guard him uh, and then really got it going in the second half. But we've seen Naheem Hines be, be the goal line back at times. It's just so unpredictable here. But – we also just saw Ty Johnson uh, and, and and Adams go nuts against this defense. So uh, thoughts on the Colts running backs, Colts pass catchers, kind of parse to those guys, and then what stands out for you on the Vegas side? Uh, for the Vegas side, I'll start there because it's pretty simple. I I probably won't be playing anybody from Vegas this week. Uh, yeah, I just don't think it's gonna they're gonna cut it for me. So uh, I'd stick to Indianapolis and. That's a tough one, too, because for the wide receivers, like just looking at it, Phillip Rivers terribly unexciting for the wide receivers. They've only had three times this year where a wide receiver topped 100 yards, three times the whole year. T.Y. did it last week. 
But I think that was more of the matchup too. It was a perfect matchup for him. And so I'm not going to – I don't think I'm going to go back to T.Y. My preference is Pittman, but I just don't think there's a whole lot of upside with any of these guys because Phillip Rivers. So it's tough, man. I'd, I'd, I'd go Pittman, but I don't think there's upside there. The running backs, Jonathan Taylor – uh, backers got very lucky to get that pass catch out of the oh, backfield. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, man, he's he's in the same boat. He's just he like what is it? Thirteen carries last week, and twenty-two the last game he played before that. So he gets a few carries. He's just terribly inefficient, man. When he does, just terribly inefficient. And and uh, the goal line, like you said, some, can sometimes go to other guys. So I can't play him because of that. I can't play him. And uh, with that being said. I, I, you know, watched him plenty. I know his talent. So I know that there is a chance he can always burst through the line on the perfect play and take it 80 yards and make your whole week in one play. So take that for what is worth. That's probably what he'll do this week. But, like, if he doesn't do that, then he's probably not going to get there for us, not even close. So I'm out. He's out. I, I, I have interest in him and Hines. It's just deciding how, how much you want to go on him. And it's, you know, early on in the week and maybe that maybe the stance changes and I lean one way or the other, but I just love this matchup here. So uh, something I'll dig into more here throughout the week, but certainly interested more in the Colts side of things uh, than I am with Vegas. I agree with you guys there. All right, chop. We got Colts minus two and a half here on the road. Total sitting at 51. I think Indianapolis is the much better team. And uh, maybe the Raiders are going to have a little hangover from that big last minute, that last second victory. So I'm going to go Indianapolis here. I'm going to go over. Uh, Colts defense has not been as good as we saw earlier in the season. Uh, Vegas at home should be able to score some points here. And I think the Colts uh, should be able to as well on their side of the ball. So over 51 for me. Derek. Simple rule with the Raiders. When you think they're going to play well, they don't. And when you think they're going to struggle, they win a game. So give me the Raiders. There you go. Easy rule to follow there. Green Bay, Detroit up next for us. Uh, Packers, as we'd expect, big favorites here on the road. Uh, I believe this is our highest total of the week as well uh, at 55. So no injuries on the Green Bay side. Detroit, we're keeping an eye on Kenny Galladay, see if he returns. And obviously that Lions backfield, uh, Swift, uh, still dealing with a concussion. Uh, we saw Kerryon Johnson also hurt last week against Chicago. So, Chop, let's say those guys are out. I mean, we got to have interest in Adrian Peterson. Four touchdowns over the last two weeks. Green Bay, terrible uh, against the run. So, thoughts there. Uh, and then the rest here, Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, I don't think I have to have interest in Adrian Peterson. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Come on. It's five, 5K, man. That's man, a steal here. It's tough to uh, – yeah, it's tough to evaluate this team with these injuries. Swift, I mean, that's – he was supposed to play last week and then got that last second uh, out tag put on him. So that's a little bit concerning. I would have a lot of interest in Swift if he plays, but – if he doesn't play, I, I don't think I want the backfield here because it's going to be a, they're going to be in catch-up mode. I just don't think they can really compete with Green Bay even at home. So I think I think they're going to be they have, if they are going to compete, it's going to have to come through the air. So playing catch-up a little bit. So ah man, then then you go to Galladay. Like if Galladay's in, I don't mind Galladay. If Galladay's out, Marvin Jones has been good, but it's not a great matchup. Tough things, man. Tough things. And Cephas, Cephas caught him a nice little cat, a nice little pass last week. I don't mind that. Hawkinson is uh, perpetually underachieving, in my opinion. So it's tough to go there. But 
the one thing about Detroit, they at least did turn Stafford loose a little bit last week. The first game without Patricia, they did let him, they did let him wing it a little bit. Of course, did they really let him wing it? Or was it because they were down to the Bears so quick, so early that he had to do that? I don't know, man. It's all, I don't know. The injuries really, it's difficult to figure that stuff out. But Green Bay, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a connection between wide receiver quarterback like Adams and Rodgers ever. Like, these guys are just so in sync. There you have. They, they like each other so who uh, – Rodgers and Jordy. <laughs> Drew Pearson and Roger Staubach maybe back in the oh, day for the Jordy Cowboys. Jordy Nelson was the same guy. It just, no, it, no, Jordy was, Jordy was very good. But this is just – Jordy didn't do this, man. I mean, okay, put it like this. Jordy was good. Devontae is more talented physically. Oh, for sure. So that, that makes it stand out a little more. You're right. The connection between Rodgers and Jordy was good. It's just as good with Adams, but Adams is, is like such a good athlete that it, it stands out even more like, like you just can't defend him at the goal line with Rodgers as your quarterback. Those little out routes, man, like you just can't defend it. So he's always in play, always in play, even at these high price tags, always in play, so especially in a dome against this secondary. Yikes. This is Adams is in your player pool. Aaron Jones could always go off. Aaron Rodgers has been so good this year. Keep those three guys, line them up in GPPs, and uh, the rest of these guys, I don't have much. And you could take a shot in the dark on a Lazard home run, but I don't want to do all that. I like I like those three top dogs on that team, and that's it. Don't forget about Big Bob Tunyon as well. I mean, he, he's playing some good ball, and I agree. Adams, I mean, he's up there in in the Cook uh, McCaffrey pricing stratosphere, but. I mean, touchdowns in seven straight weeks. I think he's got like 11 touchdowns the last seven weeks. So uh, I don't see the secondary slowing him down. They've been bad. Uh, Detroit side, agree. If it's Swift, I have interest. Half joking with Peterson. I don't, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know that they can keep this game competitive. But uh, the point is it's a good matchup. Uh, and if they can get him going on the ground, uh, 5K, not a bad price. Hawkinson, for some reason, has a, a 17 DraftKings point ceiling that we talk about, I think, every week. And, and Looks good early in the game and put up numbers, but can never get over that number. So that's the concern here. But then having to throw a lot here, uh, I have some interest in some of these guys, uh, especially if Galladay's out. So, Derek, let's go to you here. Uh, Devontae Adams got to be near the top of the list uh, as far as spend-ups here on this slate. And then what are we doing with the Lions? Yeah, a couple uh, NBA comparisons for you. We talked about uh, TJ Hawkinson being the Danilo Gallinari of NFL DFS. Yes, Just can't, can't get that ceiling. <laughs> Uh, it's just capped. Doesn't matter if he gets off to a slow start or a fast start, he is capped. Um, but he probably would be my favorite uh, target in the passing game. Uh, I agree with Chop. I'm not playing AP. Um, he's only had more than one reception two times all season. So if they do fall behind, it's not going to be him getting all those catches. Um, I'm fine with Marvin Jones um, if Galladay's out again. And then uh, the season that Aaron Rodgers is having reminds me of that Russell Westbrook season when he was on the Thunder where He's calling his number every single play, and the touchdowns or the points are all going to be thanks to him. I mean, they get down to the two-yard line, first and goal, and they're doing shotgun four straight plays. Um, he wants those touchdowns, and he wants to throw them to Adams. Adams has scored in seven straight games. So I love both of these guys. But I will note that uh, the last two to or the last time these teams squared off, Adams was extremely chalky, and Aaron Jones had that huge game. I think he had like 40 fantasy points. So – uh, don't sleep on him. I would have uh, one of Adams or Jones in pretty much any lineup that I made this week. Yeah, Rodgers has been three, four touchdowns every, every single week. I mean, it's just been like clockwork here. So uh, we saw him make history, 35 touchdowns, I believe, for the 
fifth time in his career and still a lot of weeks to go here. So uh, let's take a look. Like we said, the total of 55, Derek, uh, Green Bay minus seven and a half here on the road. Ah, man, if this game stays close, I think the overhead's pretty easy, but I think the Packers run away with this. So I'm going to take the under. I am going to go with my pack here. I, I think they win this one by double digits. Uh, Detroit, it felt like last week was a spirited effort to get a win. I, I think we're going to get back to, to the bad Lions here. Give me the Packers uh, with minus the seven and a half. Chop, what do you got? That's just, that's such a big spread to, for the home, home underdog. I'm, I got to take Detroit just on principle. Just on principle, he's taking the points, so we're all over the board on that one. Let's move on to Washington and San Francisco. Washington shocked the football world, uh, getting the W uh, at Pittsburgh and ending their uh, undefeated season. San Francisco, we saw on Monday night, uh, pretty much get throttled uh, by the Buffalo Bills. So uh, no major injuries here outside of Antonio Gibson. We saw leave that game early. Uh, so sounds like he should be back, but if not, we saw McKissick very involved. Uh, in the passing game. So we have some narratives here. Alex Smith uh, playing against San Francisco and then Jordan Reed against his former team here. So I wanted to toss that in here. But uh, Derek, we'll go to you on this one. I believe this is the lowest total game on the board. And uh, I'm not finding a ton here that I like in this one. What say you? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Gibson's out. J.D. McKissick at 4,900 looks real good. Um, just so involved in the passing game. No issue with Terry McLaurin after a pretty quiet game last week. Uh, we saw the Buffalo Bills receivers uh, torch this Niners secondary. But, I mean, how tough is Alex Smith? Not only the injury from a few years ago, but his ankle was gushing blood in that game against that was the Steelers. crazy. I mean, this dude is uh, just nails, and uh, it's it's cool seeing him win football games. Um, you know, I'm kind of pulling for Washington to win that division uh, and then get smoked in the first round. But, I mean, their defense is good, uh, and he's a good game manager, and he's he's making fewer mistakes uh, after his first couple starts. Niner side, it's just so tough to choose where the ball is going to go. I mean, the backfield, there's four guys that are healthy now. Um, you know, most are should get the majority of the work, but – that's not a guarantee. Jeff Wilson's been pretty involved. And then, you know, we saw Coleman back. Uh, we didn't even see McK or McKinnon, I don't believe, on Monday night. And then the passing game, I mean, I like Debo Samuel. I like Brandon Ayuk. But, I mean, I just don't love him in this spot against Washington. Chop, let's go to you. Ugly game here. Anyone standing out uh, to play in our, our DraftKings lineups this week? Eh, there's a few guys. Uh, Alex Smith, first of all, he's, yeah, he's a tough guy, but – after everything he's been through and what he did and the problems he had with his uh, surgery, like a cleat pierced his flesh enough to cause that kind of blood to spurt out. You might want to get to the sideline, put a little hydrogen peroxide on it, maybe some triple antibiotic ointment, because you don't need another infection in your leg, man. Now, you've already been through that. I got to think you're high risk, man. So you're a tough guy, but go get some, some little neosporin on that thing, man. <laughs> Like you don't want an that was that was a cleat, a dirty cleat from the ground that went through your leg. So be careful, Alex. But I'll give him credit. I did not think he had this in him, but they just beat a damn good defense. And it was a lot of it was due to him. So credit to him, man. The, this team's playing good. That the NFC East pulled off two big upsets on the road this week. Then whoever gets that last playoff spot in from that division is gonna be tough in that first round because they're gonna get a home game, I believe, and it's probably gonna be against one of the one of the weaker playoff teams. So you never know, but uh, I can't, uh, McLaurin's good, but we saw what happens when a good defense focuses on him. They can shut him down. 
I can't play Washington guys. San Francisco, Mullins, he stinks. Mullins stinks. Ayuk is – he's a monster. Debo can be a monster. So, one of those guys could have a good game. And uh, the guy I would, like, want more than anybody is Mostert because I think they go back to establishing the run here at home and, and they can put up some yardage on Washington on the ground and get a good game script going and then Mostert could have a good game. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy with those running backs. I mean, you, you think it's Mostert, and then Jeff Wilson is back in our lives. And as for Alex Smith, I mean, I saw that instantly. I think we all thought, oh, no, is that is that the leg that had the issue? They were quick to, to dismiss that and say it was the other leg. But, yeah, you, that's what I thought. Like, why, why is this guy not getting checked out right away? I mean, yeah, you're tough. You want to stay out there. But uh, with all the issues you've had, man, you, you got to be a little bit more cautious uh, than the average quarterback taking a cleat to the leg. So, uh, just to not line a lot here, I love. Uh, I'm kind of with you guys, uh, as we'd expect, low total, uh, kind of an ugly game. So maybe you pluck a, a play or two out of here, but uh, nothing really stands out to me. Chop, we got Niners, minus three and a half here, favored at home, total at 43 and a half. 49ers, please. I'm going to go under. I think this one will be ugly. I think teams, both teams will struggle to kind of even get to 20 points. So I'll go, it's a very low total, but I'll go under that 43 and a half. Derek. I'd be drinking the Washington Kool-Aid. Give me them plus three and a half. All over the board once again. All right, moving on. Two games left here. We got the Saints and the Eagles. Uh, Saints side sounds like Drew Brees. Uh, maybe back in the lineup this week. So the, the taste time experience may be over, at least as a full-time quarterback. We know uh, they'll utilize him uh, maybe even more now with what he's shown. But uh, keep an eye on that. And Philly, uh, quarterback the news there as well. You know, we saw Jalen Hurts take over. Uh, in that second half against Green Bay, looked pretty good, made some good throws. Uh, so both him and Carson Wentz at 5,100 this week uh, against the Saints. So, Chop, we'll go to you here. Uh, if it is Jalen Hurts, I mean, it's a tough spot against a very good defense. So, again, your, your college football expertise will come into play here. Interest level there. Uh, and then the Saints side, if Breeze is back, that's got to be good news for, for Kamara and Thomas, who we saw still put up numbers, but I think they're better off. Uh, with Drew Brees. So your thoughts here, Saints, Eagles. Well, breaking news here, Jalen Hurts is starting this week for Philadelphia. So Hurts will be in there. Uh, In this particular matchup, like if he catches New Orleans off guard, then uh, maybe maybe he could have a fantasy-relevant day. But he would have to catch him off guard, being that this is going to be the first week that he's going to start and maybe they don't have enough time to prepare for him. But – you know, he's not going to be successful in the NFL as a full-time quarterback. So take that for what it's worth. I'd probably be a lot more on New Orleans defense than I would be on Jalen Hurts. So uh, I think it kind of brings down the value of some of those receivers. Not that they had a ton of value with Carson Wentz, but at least they had some value. But this could really hurt. So I'm more on New Orleans defense, not, not, not as much Philly offense at all with Jalen Hurts there. But like I said, maybe he catches them off guard and he could run for 100 yards, but that doesn't do much for Rager and Fulgham and Dallas go to Aaron, those guys. So on the flip side, yeah, we'll see what uh, Drew Brees – I mean, that's it, man. That you, you nailed it. Like, if Brees is back, I'll take some Kamara. I'll take some Michael Thomas a lot more than I would want if Taysom Hill is in there. If Taysom Hill is in there, I'll take some Taysom Hill and you don't have to pair him with anybody because he, he can get there on his own with his running ability. You know, if I was maybe – and I'm, they would never do this, but if I was the coach and I had a situation like this, I may damn well go ahead and be like – I may play three quarterbacks if I was – like, 
Like go into the playoffs and you play Drew Brees for a couple series and switch it up and go Taysom, throw, throw Jameis in there for a series. Like the defense would be totally caught off guard. And I don't I think the like two or three of them as a package deal is a better deal than just having one of them for the full game. I just don't think one of them really does it for the full game. But the mixture of styles could actually be pretty interesting and, and could catch defenses really off guard. But I mean that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I know you always get the argument of a guy can't get in a rhythm when you're constantly switching things out. Like, look, Drew Brees has been in this league for about 100 years, so I don't think he really needs to get into too much of a rhythm. I know this week, if he were to be back coming off the injury, uh, that's different. You know, you want to get him back going again, but I like it. I mean, Taysom, you, you like him, you hate him. The dude's a weapon, and he showed last week uh, he can throw the ball and be effective. He's not just a runner. So uh, if he is in there, Chop, I agree. I, I don't think you have to pair him. He has shown – a tremendous connection with Michael Thomas. We know this Philly secondary, very beatable, even with Darius Slay in there. I have always said a good cornerback, but I think he's highly overrated. And we've seen him uh, kind of exposed against these high-end receivers uh, in back-to-back weeks now. So uh, if it is Breeze, then Kamara enters the equation again. But uh, Thomas still too cheap, in my opinion, here on DraftKings. Derek, let's get over to you here. Thoughts on all of that? Uh, Jalen Hurts, yes or no? Saints-Eagles, what do you got? Yeah, Drew Brees is out. Uh, Alvin Kamara becomes a lock and load play. 7,100. Uh, you know he's frustrated with his workload over the last three games. And in his previous five starts with Drew Brees, he averaged nine targets uh, on top of double-digit uh, rushing attempts every week. So absolutely love Kamara if Drew Brees is back. Um, if Drew Brees is out and Taysom gets the start, I like Michael Thomas. Um, 7,100. He's had a 38% uh, target share with uh, Taysom Hill under center. And Taysom's looked pretty good throwing the ball, uh, better than I gave him credit for uh, when he was named the starter a few weeks back. So uh, I would pair those two together. I still have interest in Thomas if it's Brees too, uh, but more interest in Kamara. Eagle side, full faith for me. I mean, they were giving Jordan Howard carries over Miles Sanders after just signing him. I just don't understand what they're doing. Um, they have too many healthy bodies in terms of their receivers. You know, they got Urge back and Alshon Jeffrey and all these guys. Um, so tough matchup. I'm just going to fade them completely. I am as well. I think people are going to want to play Jalen Hurts. Uh, just, you know, people are excited about him. The price is fair. He's a runner. I, I do think he's going to garner, I'm not going to say crazy ownership, but I think he'll have some, some people that want to go there. But uh, this is a very difficult matchup with the Saints. So, I agree with you guys completely on the Saints side. It's kind of a wait and see on that quarterback situation, but that's the side I want. I'm pretty much out on the Eagles. That being said, Saints minus six and a half here. Derek, 45 and a half on the total. I will take the Saints. I'm going Saints as well. One of those six and a half point uh, traps again, but here I go. Stepping right into it. You know I got to take the Saints here, man. After everything well, that hurts. We, we, haven't, uh, we haven't combined on one here since the beginning. So I think that gives us a, a three-teamer as of now. One game to go. We'll wrap it up with Atlanta and the Chargers. And my goodness, the Chargers were an absolute disaster. Get shut out uh, against the Patriots. So do we go back to these guys? I mean, Austin Eckler, I, I was big on last week. Obviously, that did not come to fruition, but he's still right around 7K. Can we go back to Justin Herbert, Atlanta side? Uh, Edo Smith, questionable. Any interest in that backfield? I'm kind of staying away from that. Uh, and then one pricing note, Julio Jones, only 6,600 this week on DraftKings. So, Derek, we'll go to you to wrap it up. Thoughts on all that and the rest of Falcons and Chargers. 
Charger side, uh, Anthony Lynn's got to go. I mean, I know he's a great guy and wish him the best, but uh, I mean, he just makes so many bad decisions. And then last week was just terrible. Uh, I do think they bounced back nicely this week. Falcons defense has been playing a little bit better of late, but um, you know, they're playing at home. Um, and I think it's a really good spot for the passing game. I like Herbert. You can pair him up with Keenan, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, a uh, little bit of interest in Austin Eckler, but uh, the Falcons are much better against running backs than they used to be, uh, even much better against pass catching running backs than they used to be. So I have a little bit of interest there, but more so in, uh, you know, Herbert and Allen and those guys. Falcon side, really just want to play Julio Jones. They tend to lean on him a little bit more on the road. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of in lockstep there. That price on Julio, just I, I was shocked to see it not, not rise. It was 6,600 last week against New Orleans. Uh, that's a much tougher matchup than he's going to face here uh, with the Chargers. So a lot of interest there. I'm with you on Julio. Uh, Chop, finish us off here. Uh, Chargers, who are you going back to there? Uh, you like that price on Julio and anything else here? Falcons and Chargers. Gosh, as as a guy who owns Herbert in the, in the season long league, I, I really wish this matchup was in the playoffs for me, man, because this is a this is a really good matchup for Herbert. But Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, all in play. I think I think uh, the, that double stack right there looks really good to me. And Eckler, a great running back. I'm never going to count him out, especially just based on a matchup because he's so talented and, and does all, so many different things. But Atlanta's been the best defense against running backs since their coaching change. And I don't know if it was because of the coaching change or what, but they've stifled all running backs. I mean, I know Kamara got into the end zone last week, and that's fine. But Kamara is like one of the premier receiving threats in all the football out of the backfield. And he's uh, in the last – he had two games against uh, – this team recently he's caught two total passes like they're just not giving up very much so it's tough to trust Eckler here this might be one of those one matchups where I just don't want to mess with a running back and so that's tough but I love the Herbert stack double stack there Atlanta Julio looks good with that price tag Calvin Ridley's way more expensive than him and right when you say that you know and everybody wants to go to Julio now then it's a big game for Ridley so I'm not going to mark off Ridley in fact I might rate Ridley a little bit higher than Julio when it comes to ownership this week. So I don't mind that. And Matt Ryan, yeah, I think they're going to have a field day. I think this game goes up and down in the passing game. Lots of points for everybody in that passing game. So like I said, I I wish this was a a playoff game for me uh, in my home league, but I guess we'll just have to stack it in DFS and, and live on that. Well, let's let's add some expansion teams to that home league, and you'd be in the playoffs now. You'd get that baby up to a 10-12 team. Can't so. do it, man. We got, we got this principles, beer. That's the key word today, <laughs> principles, man. Eight eight guys who did this, started this thing 20 years ago. We can't we can't be adding a bunch of riffraffs into the league, man. We do, actually, we, we've, we've tried over the years to, you know, let another guy sneak in here or there, and it never did work out, man. No, I've been there. I have one we've been doing for 25 years and we, we've tried and we've added people and it didn't work. It's like this is stick with what's working. So I, I get it. So chop last betting pick here. Falcons are favored here on the road minus two and a half and the total at 50. You know, uh, if you love it in DFS that much, you got to take the over. I'm on the over for sure. Uh, Atlanta's defense been better, but uh, I, I do think this this will be some point. The Chargers have to bounce back here, and, and Herbert will be much better here. Uh, easy pick here over 50 for me. Derek? Yeah, Falcons can't run the ball, and they're good at stopping the run, so I expect both teams to air it out. Give me the over. 
All right, so that makes our parlay card here. Tennessee minus seven, uh, Chicago plus one and a half at home, uh, New Orleans minus six and a half at Philly, and the over 50 here in Atlanta Chargers. So if you play that, uh, if, you, if you play that parlay and you win, send us a message, and I'll see what I can do about getting you some, some RG swag. How about that? So hit us up on Twitter. Uh, with that parlay, and good luck to everybody if you're playing that one. But that brings us to the end here of week 14, guys. Uh, any final thoughts? If you do have a favorite stack, favorite play, throw it out there. If not, I know that catches you off guard, so don't worry about it. But, Chop, we'll go to you. Wrap it up with whatever you got here for week 14. Yeah, favorite stack is going to be in the Chargers game. I'm going to say I'm going to say double stack, Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all good. And then uh, I think my sneaky play is going to be Chris Carson to score a couple touchdowns. So, I'm good on that, and I'll just leave you guys with this beer. You mentioned it in the very at the very beginning, man. You, in passing, talking about getting out of the Christmas lights. I I'm a born again Christmas lighter, man. I like some Christmas lights. I used to hate that crap five years ago. Like I didn't want to get up there on that ladder and mess around with no Christmas lights, but I've I've done a 180, man. I love the Christmas lights. Now I light up. I got a big ass snowman. I got a big ass snowman out there. I got a couple of little trees that light up. I did them all over the garage uh, entranceway. I got dude. Just I love me some Christmas lights, man. You feeling all right? Who is this guy? I I know you like Christmas more than say Halloween, some of those other holidays, but. I just, uh, that's good to hear. Chops in the, in the full holiday spirit. I, I like them as well. It's a matter of dragging all the shit out of the, out of the attic and getting up on the ladder. I mean, once you get it done, it's like, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this. I, I sit back and look at it and you know, you're in the spirit, but actually getting the job done, the kids are nagging me, the wife's nagging me. I'm trying to set lineups. They always want to do it on a Sunday for some reason. So I got, I got to change that. Oh, you know, you don't know the secret then. Oh, you don't know the secret. What do you got? There's two big secrets, man. As far as hanging the stuff, you you, you do one, you you hang one thing and you do a real sloppy job. Oh, I know that secret for sure. And your wife comes and sees the sloppy job and she's like, no, 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 this is not how you got to do these things tighter. And then you get in next thing you know, she's done the whole thing for you. And all you got to do is like one little string of light. So that's good. And then when you take them down, that's the easy, you could just rip everything oh, yeah. down. You just so, yank. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've used that trick. I no longer have to do much laundry or dishes. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm definitely no that. I mean, stain something of, of her laundry. I, I shrunk one of her sweaters down to like a Barbie style. I mean, it, it's, I, I found my way out of some jobs, but they, they ain't clamming that ladder. They're, they're, that's I got to pull out the ladder and get up there. So it's I got one of those, you know, those fireman extension ladders that oh go yeah, like. That's what I got. This baby's like a thirty-five footer. I know. I hate it, and I don't even like heights. But man, I, I'll get up on that son of a bitch to hang them in my window. I got a nice window that goes way up high, and I just I don't know, man. I don't know. I've, I've like I said over the last few years, you wouldn't catch me out there three years ago hanging no lights. I was like I was Scrooge on it, but. I've changed it, man. I've done a 180. It's just so it's so holiday season-y. It's so spectacular. It is. But it, but every time I'm up on that ladder, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I'm like, this is where it ends. I, I'm going to I'm gonna plummet 30 feet, and uh, that, that's the end. But uh, you got that nice Texas weather, too. We always have to dodge snow and wind True. and, you know, being up there. But, uh, Derek, let's go to you. Any thoughts on Christmas lights, uh, week 14, whatever you want to wrap it up with? 
Yeah, it's nice to hear that uh, Chop's heart grew three sizes this year. Oh, man. Um, that's nice. And uh, yeah, that little trick you were talking about, uh, now that I think about it, my wife has been pulling that on me with the dishes for years. <laughs> she is the worst loader of the dishes I've ever oh, seen. Oh, don't get me started, man. It bugs me, man. So I redo the whole thing, and oh, man, it's working on me. Uh, I got to have a talk about that one. All right. Any favorite plays, favorite stacks? Or we so, just, we're going a little long here, but a lot to cover here this week. So no stacks, but there's three situations where I want at least one piece of uh, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, Lockett and Metcalf, Adams, and uh, Aaron Jones. Get one yeah. of those in each lineup. That's great calls there. Tennessee offense, I think, is in for a great spot. So I like the Derrick Henry bounce back. I love the Chargers stack call and these Atlanta receivers as well. I'll be heavy in that game. Uh, Atlanta and the Chargers. So uh, lots to like here this week. Lots of different slates to play. Uh, early slate, late slate, or the big 13-game slate. So main point is, guys, thank you, as always, for tuning in. We all appreciate it uh, tremendously. Good luck this week in your contest. For Notorious, for Chop, I am Beer saying salut. Again, best of luck. We'll talk to you next week. Talking everything from Week 15. We're out of here.